<sighs> we're checking, we're checking, we're checking. One, two. I got to get one of those stand-up decks, desks. <laughs> check, check, check. One, two. One thing that is cool about podcasts is you can leave the mic check in. Jerry Coleman is a fan of the JT and Looney podcast. He was a fan of the JT and Looney radio show all those years. And he's a legendary Baltimore broadcast icon and reporter and one of the hardest working guys in show business, if you could call radio show business. <laughs> Jerry Coleman is such a decent human being. Let me tell you a cool story about Jerry Coleman. One day, I made an offhand remark on the air about how I was flying back east to Silver Spring, Maryland to visit family and my precious godsons and their family. And Jerry Coleman heard me say it. He's listening in Baltimore. And he either called me, texted me, or emailed me and said, hey, I can get you media credentials. You can come on over and watch a Ravens practice. I know you love the Ravens because I have always, the Ravens have always been one of my pet favorite teams because I love defense. They've always had a great oppressive defense. And I thought Ray Lewis was the greatest football player I'd ever seen in my life. I still think he is. And yeah, it's too bad about that snafu in Atlanta. Um, it was such a, such a generous thing out of the blue. We had oh, no, really still only know each other telephonically and electronically through being in the Mutual Admiration Society and in, in, in broadcasting. Really cool gesture on his part. You don't remember what people say always, but you remember how they make you feel. And he gave me that great offer of going to. Ravens practice and meeting the Ravens and meeting Ray Lewis and the coaches. And I couldn't do it. I had to do family stuff. I had to take a break from being sports guy. But I don't forget things like that. Jerry Coleman lost his mother to Alzheimer's recently. And I want to dedicate the JT and Looney podcast. This JT and Looney podcast. Episode 63. To Jerry Coleman. And... We need to rub out Alzheimer's as well, don't we, Jerry? My mother suffers from Alzheimer's. Early onset dementia, the doctor told us it was called. My brother and I looked at each other and said, there's nothing early about it. We saw this, we saw this coming. It's a long, slow walk into the sunset if you've got any relative that suffers from dementia or Alzheimer's. And what's the difference between those two? It's just comparing a rotten apple and a rotten egg. Barely any difference between those two. And it's not pretty. And when the smartest person you ever knew in your life suffers from that, and that's my mother, it's hard to watch. Because you know one day you're going to walk in to visit her and she's not going to know who you are. Especially when you live in Los Angeles. And you only get back a few times a year to Elmira, New York. Shout out to the 607. Shout out to Jerry Coleman. 
and shout out to the end to Alzheimer's. By the way, do you mind if I do with my uh, grandfather or my great-grandfather? Did you mind if I have a glass of wine? Oh, go for it. Good. Go I'm going to have a little house cab, a little house red, because I think we're going to have a brilliant podcast. Good. Calling CQ. Calling CQ. Uh, uh, come in, please. It's the JT and Looney podcast. Episode 63. Did you know that at Amazon, more people ordered Madden 21 for this past Christmas than any other Christmas in the history of mankind walking upright? Yes, and you can thank a pandemic for that and your talent. <laughs> thank you. Yes, I yeah. am one of the play-by-play guys on Madden 21. And it also has a lot of people now texting me and calling me, not to say congratulations. They're texting me and calling me to say, oh, how can I get in that bit? How can I get in the voiceover business? What can you do for me? Uh, <laughs> congratulations to you. What can you do? <laughs> exactly. But I'm not bitter about it. You know, people, that's just the way people are, and that's okay. People are beautiful. And, you know, ironically, I always tell them great voiceovers aren't about the voice. It's about you know, not sounding like you're reading. Like our friends at Bet Online, they want us to talk about them. Uh, now that football's back, it's a great place to go back. So, for example, they are a sponsor of the JT and Looney podcast. That's the podcast that you're listening to right now. Hi. And Bet Online has game spreads and totals and player and coaching props, some really cool props. And so they send what's called the copy. And my job is to read the copy without sounding like I'm reading. I'm supposed to just sound like I'm talking to you. You know what I mean? So I have to, at some point during this podcast, talk about Bet Online, uh, where you have more options to bet on stuff than any place online. It's really cool. They're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week at their online casino. And so at some point, remind me to tell you more about Bet Online, where you can take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses at betonline.ag. Because it's a great sponsor. We're happy to have them. Put this in the drawer. Bet online is your online sportsbook experts, and we'll be talking about that later. Um, yeah. This is the best damn sports show, period. Uh, no, wait. This is actually the JT and Looney podcast, episode 63. You know, so many years, the, one of the favorite things that JT and I did was pick the games against the spread. Remember... You know, a lot of guys will have their favorite five or their favorite ten. We would, we were the only radio show in the country that had the balls, the huevos rancheros to pick every game against the spread. And for what I, from what I remember, I think I was like, I picked like eighty-five percent of the games right every single week. I don't have any of that, uh, those old tapes to verify. I'm just guessing that I was right eighty-five percent of the time. With my opinions, I'm usually right 99% of the time. With my football picks, about 85% of the time. So let's take a look at Wild Card Weekend. Let's start with the first game, Indianapolis Colts against my childhood team, the Buffalo Bills. I loved those Buffalo Bills when I was a kid. When you are a Buffalo Bills fan, whether uh, you are my age, just slightly over 39, or... Younger, you've always had to have a surrogate favorite team because Buffalo, with a wink and a nod to the 90s, has always been bad. And so you have to have a surrogate favorite team if you live in upstate New York and you're a Buffalo Bills fan. So your surrogate favorite team would usually be an NFC team. A lot of my friends like the Vikings. I liked the Cowboys and the Raiders. 
Love the Raiders, too, as a kid. A lot of my friends liked the Raiders as well. You had to have surrogate favorite teams when you grow up in upstate New York. And I suppose people in Detroit over the years have had to do the same thing. People in Jacksonville and Cleveland know how this feels. You have to have surrogate favorite teams because part of the fun of sports is the existential need to feel. And we want to feel good about our teams winning. We want to love champions. And when your team stinks and has a history of stinking, like the Buffalo Bills or the Cleveland Browns or the Detroit Lions or the Jacksonville Jaguars, you have to have surrogate favorite teams. Buffalo Bills fans this year don't have to have a surrogate favorite team. They may be the best team in the NFL right now. Right now, the Buffalo Bills are opening up at a 6.5 favorite at the Dunes in Vegas. The keys to victory for the Buffalo Bills. Keep doing what they've been doing. Go to the prom with that chick you took or that boy you took. It's 2020. Since their week off, the Buffalo Bills have won by 10, 11, 29, 29, and 30 points. Um, you, what you really have to do here uh, with the Bills, you got to force Phillip Rivers to beat you with his arm, which he's not going to do. Phillip Rivers isn't going to beat you when he was 29. Philip Rivers stinks. Philip Rivers is overrated. You want to know what white privilege is? White privilege is listening to sportscasters calling him a Hall of Famer. He doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. He's lost too many close games. He's blown too many close games. He's a choker. He throws a pick six in every goddamn game he's ever played in. He's awful. And the white sportscasters just say, Bravo! Put him in the Hall of Fame. He stinks. And that's one of the reasons, the key reasons, the Buffalo Bills will win this game. Phillip Rivers stinks. So you got to keep Phillip Rivers from being the good Phillip Rivers, which means it's not going to happen. There's not a good Phillip Rivers. He's, you know, take a look at the NFL quarterback back rating, which I'm obsessed with. He's a top 15 quarterback. I think he's 14th right now. Let me take a look. Got all the time in the world. It's a podcast. We don't have to go to commercial. I've always got, like like Ted Cruz always has, the Constitution in his pocket, but I don't wear pointy shoes. I, I never had to wear shoes for a living. I got sneakers on, goddammit. I have the NFL quarterback rating in my pocket like a man, Ted. And according to the NFL quarterback rating, Philip Rivers is the 13th best quarterback in the National Football League. He will be facing up against Josh Allen the fourth best quarterback in the National Football League. These are not opinions. This is a fact based on numbers, all 17 games. You take a look at the math of the NFL quarterback rating and you will see the truth, the justice, and the American way when it comes to the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Best quarterback in the NFL, by the way, right now is Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson at number two, Patrick Mahomes at number three, and Josh Allen comes in at number four. So just taking a look at the quarterbacks, the keys to winning this game will be Josh Allen being the much, much better quarterback in this game. And Buffalo Bills just avoid turnovers, and they will be fine. If by chance there's some kind of meteor strike and the Colts will have a chance to win this game, they got to stockpile sacks. But if they chase Josh Allen and they don't catch him. He can beat the Colts with his legs. So they got to come up with a clever defense. They got to do it with defense. If they're going to beat the Buffalo bills, you know, Indianapolis was up and down near the end of the season. The Buffalo bills 
were the best team in the NFL at the end of the season. They're hot. They have no bye, which can ruin you like last year with the Baltimore Ravens, who were the best team in the NFL going to the playoffs. Uh, there's no bye. Momentum, if there's any such thing as momentum. And so the Buffalo Bills will win this game. 37-23. Buffalo, 37. Indianapolis, 23. Your final. That game is the early game. 10 o'clock Pacific time zone game. Greatest time zone in America. It'll be on the Columbia Broadcasting System, better known by its gangster name, CBS. And as I mentioned, the, the point spread will not matter because it's going to be a blowout win for the Buffalo Bills over the Colts because Philip Rivers stinks. Did I mention that? The next game, Saturday, 1.40 Pacific time, PST, not PDT. But PST. This will be on the big Fox. Seahawks favored at the Dunes by five points. The keys to victory for the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's a great quarterback. Even though he's been he's had some bad moments, which is surprising this season. Taking a look at my trusty quarterback rating. Russell Wilson is the seventh best quarterback in the National Football League. Russell Wilson going up against the Rams. Who's their quarterback going to be? Is it going to be Jared Goff? Is it going to be that other guy, John Wolford? It doesn't matter because the Seattle Seahawks have Russell Wilson. What's the key to victory for the Seattle Seahawks? Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has gotten better every year he's been in the league. He's never been better than he is now, even though he's had some bad games this season. And he's going up against an either a jittery, hurt Jared Goff or a jittery, nervous green banana and John Wolford. Yes, I know. And his debut as a Ram, he was a blind squirrel who found his nuts. It's not going to happen two weeks in a row, and it's not going to happen against the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks offense has cooled in the second half of the season. Then they got the injuries, Jamal Adams and Jaron Reed. Uh, that would make any Seahawk fan trepidatious. But the return of Andrew with, uh, Whitworth and Cooper Cup to the Rams will not matter. A lot of the popular picks for popular people and pundits like the ones who picked the Clippers to win the NBA Finals have picked the Rams in an upset win in this game. Seahawks will win and cover. What was that? Seahawks will win and cover 27-21, your final. And on Saturday night, we get to watch Tom Terrific, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Haven't heard much about our nation's capital lately, have we? What's going on in D.C.? This will be at 5.15 Pacific Standard Time on the National Broadcasting Company, better known by its gangster name, NBC. Buccaneers are favored by seven points because they have what some people would call is the greatest of all time in Tom Brady, yeah, I think he has field goal kickers to thank and a C and Pete Carroll to thank for a couple of those Super Bowl victories and the Atlanta Falcons to thank those chokers. Don't get me going on Tom Brady being the greatest of all time. Don't get me going. But he is pretty impressive at 43 years old. He is playing amazing. And yes, he is a top 10 quarterback. And 
He is at number nine as I take a look at my trusty quarterback rating, and that should be the key to victory for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But no, Washington can win with defense. It was, as I keep mentioning over and over again, if you've ever heard me over the years, Mark Twain, shout out to Elmira, New York, the 607, where Mark Twain is buried across the street from my childhood home in Woodlawn Cemetery, right alongside Heisman Trophy winner Ernie Davis. Mark Twain in Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court said, defense wins championships. Washington can win with defense. They can't put Alex Smith into a situation where he's under duress because he can barely move. He needs quick throws and some perimeter screens, and he needs his running backs to catch the balls out of the backfield on the checkdowns, and he's checked down Alex, that's for sure. And... I think the, this game could be a lot closer if there's going to be any upset win, you know, because the pundits don't want don't want you to hate them, so they're not picking against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have the running game that keeps Washington's pass rush at bay, and they they're going to protect Tom Brady, the Buccaneers. Mike Evans hurt though. Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown are going to have to pick up the receiving slack for the Buccaneers. You're going to have to depend on a head case and Antonio Brown to make sure you get your win in Washington, D.C. Will Antonio Brown show up or fuck up before the game starts? We're going to find out. They can't do the three-and-out hip-hop. The Tampa Bay can get into a real real repetitive habit sometimes this year of three-and-out, three-and-out, three-and-out. They've done well this year against good defenses, but they have to keep things at third and manageable. They, being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers... If they're going to win this game, this is my upset special. This isn't a great matchup for Tom Brady. And you know, when Tom Brady gets frustrated against really good defenses, like the Jets defense, the Jets that he lost to in the playoffs over the years, and the Baltimore Ravens defense, which always kept him frustrated over the years, even at home in Foxborough where he would lose to them. You know, that bad or Eli Manning, bad Charlie Brown, bad body language that Tom Brady has when he's not playing well. This could be a tough matchup for Brady. That Washington defense is, is ferocious. That defensive front, Washington's going to struggle to move the ball against that Tampa Bay defense. Alex Smith, always been underrated his entire career. Had the carpet ripped out from under him, or he should have. He could have had a Super Bowl victory with the San Francisco 49ers had they stuck with him instead of Colin Kaepernick. This is my upset special. Washington 21, Tampa Bay 17, and a shocking upset special in the liberal media elite. Well, there's really no such thing, but we love to say that. The liberal media elite who love Tom Brady, who loves Trump. So what do they love him for? I don't know. They just love him. Tom Brady is going to go down in D.C. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to go down in D.C. and lose to the Washington Redskins. That is my upset special of the weekend. Oh, and I forgot to mention this. JT's not here this week for episode 63. But we forge forth to Sunday in Baltimore at Tennessee in the American Football Conference. That'll be at 10 a.m. Pacific time on the Entertainment and Sports Programming Network, better known by its gangster name, ESPN. Wait, is it the... Oh, wait, ESPN's broadcast, but I do think it's on ABC, which in L.A. is Channel 7. Ravens favored by four and a half 
at this moment. It's a stardust. The keys to victory here for the Ravens show up. It's all you got to do. Show up. Lamar Jackson is not going to have a bad game this time. The Ravens have something to prove. And they're hot at the right time. They're hot at the right time at the end of the season and not uh, just not coming off a bye. No momentum changer to slow them down. Last year, they were the best team in the NFL, and then they get hit by the bye, that bye bus that seems to slow down momentum. If there is any such thing as momentum, maybe that's just a made-up thing by the media guys. Maybe it's not even real. It's real if you're rolling a boulder down a hill. It might not be real in sports. There's always that debate. But if there is any such thing as momentum in sports, the Ravens lost it last year heading into the playoffs with the bye. Sometimes you get punished with that bye. The Ravens don't have one. In last season's playoff loss to the Tennessee Titans, Lamar Jackson threw 59 times. And probably to win this game, he's going to have to cut that in half. But uh, I don't know how easy that's going to be. Uh, Tennessee's got a... a, 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 a a vulnerable defense, though, and Ravens need to establish that run early, and that's probably where the Ravens are going to do it, on the ground. On defense, they have to make the Titans earn it on the ground. They can't give up big pass plays, they being the Ravens. With the Titans, they need to protect their defense with their offense. You know, maybe shoot for 38 minutes of possession in the game. Three yards in a cloud of dust, three yards in a cloud of dust, three yards in a cloud of dust, and then go for it on fourth and one and get the first down and just keep, let that clock tick. That's the only way that the Titans are going to beat the Ravens. Now, if my memory serves me correctly, and I have almost total instant recall in last year's first round win against the New England Patriots, Ryan Tannehill threw 15 passes, and Derrick Henry ran for 182 yards. You have to check me on that. Google me on that, but I'm pretty sure that it was all about Derrick Henry last year and not Ryan Tannehill when they, being the Titans, uh, kicked New England's ass in New England. And that's how you protect your defense, keeping it on the sideline, which is what the Titans are really going to try to need to do against the Baltimore Ravens. But the Ravens can do the same thing to you with their running game, and, and the Ravens have a better defense than the Tennessee Titans. And it could be a game where, you know, where it's the final score is 17 to 13. But I don't know. I don't know, Victor. I don't know. One of my favorite movies, an independent film that nobody saw, Raising Victor Vargas. I don't know, Victor. Uh, the Tennessee Titans were, don't have the defense to keep up with the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. This could be a blowout. It could be a blowout. And with the Ravens favored by four and a half uh, to five points here, Load up on the Baltimore Ravens. Give away the points. Henry and Tannehill have played this season really, really well. And the Tennessee Titan defense is a real problem, though. Baltimore is going to play keep away, grinding it out on the ground. Ravens will exact their revenge for last season's playoff loss. Baltimore Ravens 41, Tennessee Titans 21. Your final. And the, the Titans will be lucky to get 21. They might end up with a lot of field goals. You're not supposed to pick blow-offs. Uh, blow-offs. You're not supposed to pick blowouts uh, in the playoffs. But when everyone zigs, I zag. 
Uh, next game on Sunday will be Sunday, 1.40 p.m. Pacific time on the Columbia Broadcasting Network, Nickelodeon, Amazon Prime as well. So isn't that awful? Kids are going to tune in to watch SpongeBob SquarePants. And they're going to have the Bears and the Saints. Good. Maybe they'll learn how to watch football instead of those cartoons. Uh, Saints are favored by eight points in New Orleans, one of the great cities in America. If you've never been to New Orleans, you got to go to New Orleans. Keys to victory for the Saints. Keep Trubisky from getting on the edges. Keep him in the pocket. And he stinks. <laughs> Clamp down and play one-on-one on Chargers receivers. Take away the running game. Get Trubisky and a lot of third and longs, which the, the, the Bears have had a lot of this year. Uh, if the Saints struggle running the ball, they've got Taysom Hill to come in and mix things up. That's the way it's going to happen. Th- this is another one that could be a blowout, but I'm not picking another blowout. Uh, the keys for the Bears are get Mitch Trubisky outside the pocket, let him make a few plays of his own, move the ball down the field. Well, that's the key to victory for any team, right? Moving the ball down the field. But he's been able to get outside the pocket, especially towards the end of the season here, and and really make some plays. He's kind of like Ben Roethlisberger in that way. And the way that Ben Roethlisberger and Mitch Trubisky are good, Tom Brady is bad. If you flush Tom Brady out of the pocket, he stinks. The greatest of all time can't stink. And when Tom Brady is outside of the pocket, he stinks. Ben Roethlisberger is great inside the pocket and even better outside the pocket. Tom Brady's no good when things break down, but we're not talking about Tom Brady here. We're talking about Mitch Trubisky, who's much better when things break down. They can't give, they being the Bears, can't give Drew Brees a short field. Don't let him throw 10-yard darts like he does, which he's going to do anyway because they're going to win. They being the Saints, your final score. Saints, 35. Bears, 20, New Orleans wins and covers. The Saints are 10 to 15 points better in this game. They're going to cover that eight-point number, as they say in Vegas. Breeze is far better and more seasoned than Trubisky. New Orleans also getting a ton of of offensive weapons back. This is a slam dunk. A stone-cold lead pipe lock. Saints are going to win on Sunday. And our final NBA Our final NFL playoff weekend game will be the Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Say hello, say goodbye to the Cleveland Browns. The keys to victory for the Cleveland Browns, there are none, but we've got time to fill here, so let me fill time. I guess it would be put the game on the shoulders of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And hit the tight ends a lot if they can catch the ball. Run like crazy. Leave Baker Mayfield to like 15 to 20 passes. Most of them out of play action. you got to flush him out of the pocket too. No, you got to keep him in the pocket. But if you want to win, the key to victory here for the Browns, let him flush out of the pocket and do his thing. Like the Bears with Breeze. Browns have to make Ben Roethlisberger beat them with passes over the top. And having to do that with an older quarterback who isn't very mobile is um, is a hard thing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But the Steelers' keys are show up, A, show up. For the Steelers to win this game, the number one key is to show up. <laughs> and all they got to do is leave the comfort of their own bed and go down to the stadium. So that's a good thing. And they have to run the ball, too, just like the Cleveland Browns' keys to victory. 
Steelers got to be able to run the ball. Have Roethlisberger throw 50 passes if it's really bad weather. Ask every <laughs> asking every receiver to catch the ball is not really a plan, but they need that as well. They need to get four explosive plays down the field, uh, and and Cleveland turnovers and 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 the Cleveland Browns always have turnovers. Cleveland Browns have no chance to win this game. We got pretty, you know, we 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 have a lot of blowouts this weekend or a lot of games. I hope they're all a lot more competitive than my bloviation suggests, but I don't think they're going to be. A lot of the experts who picked the Browns to go to the playoffs last year, same experts, so don't listen to them. Listen to me, Looney. Hi. It's tempting to take the Browns if you want to look cute like people taking the Rams who are going to be wrong. Um, but also COVID has stripped them of players and their head coach. Oh, nothing. Their head coach. So the excitement of getting into the playoffs also could be an emotional drain for the Cleveland Browns. They haven't been there before and they won't know how to act like they've been there before because they haven't. Pittsburgh season and uh, you know they, they've got more paprika on them than chicken at a Turkish bazaar. Steelers, 21, Browns, 10, your final. Pittsburgh wins and covers. Let me ask you a question. And here's a great fun fact about paprika. You know, as you saw in the early days of the pandemic, people would line up at stores to buy toilet paper and hoard toilet paper. If some ancient warriors from Mongolia showed up in the United States with swords and took over our grocery stores, you know what they would take away? The paprika. The cheap paprika. What is paprika? Like 99 cents for a container of it? Paprika used to be the second most valuable commodity in the world after gold for centuries paprika now it's like a random spice in aisle three how about that mr fung that's a fun fact mr fung or should we call it a fung fact okay that's it yeah it's over thanks for, if you're still listening thank you but i'm done JT's off this week. Did I say that? Did I mention that? Yeah. Did you notice? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.